This is season three, episode five of the Going to Beyond the Food Pro series. And today we're going to talk about how the non-diet approach is for all health professions. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show Pro Edition. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method, a global coaching and online training approach focus on helping women make peace with food and their bodies so they can live a fulfilling life right now. This special podcast series is designed for the health pro wanting to integrate the non-diet approach in their practice. So if you're a nutritionist, a health coach, a dietitian, a doctor, a therapist, or a fitness pro, this special podcast series is specially designed for you. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Welcome back, my dear colleague, sister. I'm recording this on a beautiful Sunday morning. It's bright and shiny here. And we have officially closed the enrollment for people who were on the wait list for the next cohort of the non-diet mentorship program. And this is a perfect fit for the conversation for today, because we have people in this cohort that's going to start in July 1st, 2021, from all background. So far, we have nutritionists, health coaches, social worker, a student in psychology, a registered nurse, a fitness pro, personal trainer. We have people from all backgrounds. And that was my vision for this program, because we need to get the non-diet approach in all sectors of health, because the non-diet approach is not just for food-based profession. And one simple reason for this, diet culture is present everywhere. Now, as health professional, we are human as well, right? We individually as a person have been socialized and indoctrinated into diet culture as any other human on this planet. And then as professional, we kind of 2x that with our education and training. So we bring both of that, of us as a human and us as a professional, into our practice. And that shows up in our individual prejudice, our individual beliefs, and also our past experience. Just a brief background on what socialization is, if that's something that is new for you. Socialization is when we bring in someone into a system of belief, right? We teach individual, we socialize individual into a system of belief that with long-term exposure becomes their own system of beliefs. Socialization to diet culture and weight stigma or fat phobia, which we'll talk much more in the following minutes here, in Western societies is done to all the individual participating in the society. And it's done in very micro way. It's done with you being raised or being exposed to 
people around you very, very young, that diet that maybe your mom judged her own body. And then you watch your first movie and all you see is thin individual and the only fat person playing the role in a movie is the one who has the most problem or the less fortunate, right? And then you go to school and you see, or perhaps you've been victim of being bullied because you are in a different body. And then you go to the doctor, perhaps with your mom, right? As a child and in the waiting room, all you could see is poster of how the BMI is important and how your weight is the key to your health. And then you, and then you walk into the doctor's office and then you get weighed and perhaps you get shamed for your weight or perhaps you're not, but you're just being weighed and that imprints into your brain that health equals weight and you're only 10 years old. And then it continues, right? Perhaps as a person identified as a woman, you then are exposed to your friends dieting and losing weight, perhaps for graduation. And you know, it keeps going and going this that's socialization is when we make sure that every individual in the society, it's not us, we but how our society is built. Then you come with all this socialization and this personal belief system, and then you go to get a degree in a health profession. And then the education, the establishment is part of that same society. So the curriculum, the establishment, the teacher, the professor are themselves entrenched into that culture and weight stigma. I've not yet come across an education establishment of any level that is not fat phobic and that is not entrenched into weight loss, thinner is better. And if there is one, please reach out to me and let me know. But at this stage of the game, the health professional who deliver a non-diet approach to health have done so because of their own individual training, not because their school or their degree taught them how to approach health in a non-diet approach or in a weight-neutral approach. And to be honest, at this point in 2021, I don't know how long this podcast is going to be available for people to download, but in 2021, and likely for the next decade, there's not going to be such establishment. Like we're starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's going to become and it's going to remain, would I rather say, an individual initiative to take their professional training and then learn the non-diet approach. So imagine if you are an individual, a human that has the normal socialization and then the professional socialization through their education, it's going to show up in your practice. And I'm going to go through at the end of this podcast how it does show up in a variety of profession. But as an individual, just go from that place, your own system of beliefs, your own thoughts and prejudice will guaranteed show up in your interaction with your individual clients or patients. There's a lot of studies in the last 10 years that the concept of weight stigma have been studied that shows consistently 
for example, physician that associates, quote, obesity, end of quote, with negative attribute about an individual, right? Such thing as poor hygiene, non-adherence, hostility, dishonesty, 50% view patients, physician view patients with, quote, obesity as awkward, unattractive, and ugly. This is a study from two years ago. These doctors did not wake up, these physicians, sorry, did not wake up and decide, this is what I'm going to do. That's how we train them. That's how they were individually. So the real problem of all health sectors is weight stigma, right? And weight stigma comes from diet culture. So what is weight stigma? In case you don't know, let's, let's go down to the basics here. Weight stigma is a negative attitude and belief about an individual because of the size of their body and their weight. It's labeling a person with stereotype based on the size of their body or their weight. And in the medical world, it's a common belief that weight stigma, fat shaming, is actually believed to be, believed to be a motivator. Now, I don't know if that's still being taught in medical schools today, but many practitioners today practice under this belief that if they shame enough their clients or their patient, they will be losing weight because they will become, quote, magically <laughs> disciplined. Fat shaming and weight stigma originate from this old school psychology model of behavior change in which we punish people through enough pain, in this case, emotional pain, we then encourage the individual to change our behavior. And we know this model doesn't work, right? I can hear all my therapists and my psychologists listening to me and saying, that's bullshit. But you know what? It's being taught today in schools, in medical schools, even in health coaching certification. I've had a conversation with a health coach, and that's what she was taught. You know why? Because the health coaching certification she went into, paid to go through the process, was a health coaching certification from a company that benefits from fat shaming, so for sure, that's what they're going to teach them because it benefits, brings more money into the business. Weight stigma is from diet culture, right? Diet culture is where we believe that thinner is better. And then from there, weight stigma was born, right? If we, if diet culture teaches the individual at the highest level that thinner is better, this belief will then get adapted, right, to the different part of our society. And weight stigma is the adaptation of that in a medical or health profession. Now, it shows up way beyond health, but let's remain focused on the topic of this podcast for health professional. It shows up in our practice. Here's the good news is that weight stigma has been researched now for the last 20 years when we, when the medical world realized that there was actually 
negative side effect to it. So what research overwhelmingly shows is that weight stigma or fat phobia actually doesn't encourage people, but instead has negative impact on people's health. Like weight stigma is associated with greater risk of depression, poor body image, low self-esteem, increased stress, disordered eating behavior, and or avoidance of physical activity. So here's the bigger question. Is, quote, obesity, quote, unquote, the size of your body or your weight, the issue or weight stigma, the issue? So let's look at what science is telling us about the effect of fat shaming, fat phobia, weight stigma on one's health, right? So let's imagine that a patient walks into an office, get weighed, and then gets their weight put on a BMI, and then the practitioner has a conversation of how terrible it is for them, and why can they not eat normally, and you know, all the traditional diet culture-based narrative or coaching that practitioner would have with a client, the client will then feel shame, will feel stress, will feel disgust with themselves. They will leave the office and feel all this emotional pain within their body. And they will look as a way of numbing, as a way of coping with the stress. So let's think about biologically, that means a huge increase of cortisol in the individual from having this authority figure, this person is supposed to know what it takes to be healthy, tell them how terrible of a person there is. And then emotional pain will lead to coping and numbing behavior like eating. And then they'll gain more weight likely, not just because of food, but because of the increased cortisol, their body will be more inflamed. We know that cortisol is one of the most powerful way of increasing inflammation into the body. And then they may avoid going back to their health practitioner. If they go, they'll get shame even more, right? Because they couldn't adhere to the plan or they couldn't lose weight, whatever the conversation will be. The emotional pain, the discrimination, the pain, the mental, emotional, physical pain associated with discrimination is what takes a significant toll on mental, emotional, and physical health and therefore chronic stress. And, and we do know not only create more inflammation in the body, but it affects blood sugar level, for an example. So somebody that is perhaps predisposed to diabetes, are they being triggered into higher blood sugar level because of their lifestyle and the food that they eat or or because of the stress they carry from being stigmatized because of their weight, not only at the doctor's or the health coach office, but from walking in the street, people looking at them, pointing finger at them, their family making comments on their body, right? That's where weight stigma takes a toll because I can, I, I'm in a fat body. I know the stigmatization of my weight is not only in the medical office. And I can tell you for me, it's not in the medical office because I don't take this bullshit, right? Sorry, my language, but I just don't, right? I control my relationship with my health practitioner. And if they don't <laughs> adhere to the same philosophy as me, I fire them. But I'm at that place in my journey where I'm capable of doing that for multiple of reasons. Not everybody has 
this privilege or this ability to do that. And that's where our relationship with our patients and clients shouldn't be something that's even more traumatic for people and their health. If you've never encountered weight stigma, let me just say to you that it shows up two ways in, in your clients and your patient's life. They, there's what we call experience weight stigma and or internalize weight stigma. Experience weight stigma is when people experience it from the conversation with you as a health practitioner, from comments from their family or people in the street. And then the most powerful part of fat phobia and weight stigma is not these external conversation. It's the narrative that the individual who's been stigmatized continues to have on their own. They become their own oppressor 24-7, right? The visit in the health professional office may last 30 minutes, but the narrative that is being created from that stays individual's mind 24-7, 365 days. And this is why research is showing that internalized weight stigma is much more potent than experienced weight stigma. Not to make ex experienced weight stigma valid, it's just this is why mindset is critical when we help our patients and clients to unlearn diet culture, we need to teach them the tool to change that internal narrative that they have about their own weight and their own body. So here's a question for you. Do you contribute to experience weight stigma in the way you engage with your clients and your patients? I know this is a big question. It's not something that we can answer easily. But all I can say to you is, even though I was on a diet for 25 years, I have experienced weight stigma. I had internalized weight stigma. I went back to school, became a nutritionist, was taught a nutrition curriculum based on diet culture and based on the solution being weight loss to everything and controlling and rejecting and restricting food. I went into practice leading a practice the first two years that was contributing to other people weight stigma because I didn't even know weight stigma existed, right? Nobody taught me that. I didn't know. I thought it was the weight, pun intended, it was the weight that all fat individual had to carry with them. We were such, I believe of myself being such a terrible person for not being able to control her weight. I thought it was the rule of the universe that I needed to suffer. Therefore, it was okay for me to cause suffering to other people. I didn't even see it as suffering, to be honest with you. I just, I just saw it as the way life is, right? So these are deep questions, but I believe that every single health practitioner should be asking themselves these questions. So let me go through a few health profession, and I'm going to show you how weight stigma, diet culture shows up in different profession, and also how the non-diet approach 
could look like in such profession. So let's start with the most common place where health professionals raise their hand and say, I need help. Health coaching, nutritionist, registered dietitian, or any variation of nutrition profession. It's evident, right? We, I'm a nutritionist, right? So we are taught that the key to health is food. And therefore, the key to health is to control food and restrict food. So automatically, we go into practice teaching diet culture, teaching food restriction, teaching uh, complicated nutrition practices and countings and calories and meal plans and all of this. So unless we raised our hand and said, I need to learn another way, we're doing that guaranteed, right? We're way more focused on when to eat and what to eat and how to eat than why people eat. We're not even taught that in school, right? Like for those who never heard that, I did an entire nutrition degree and was never taught about eating cues. I was never taught about hunger, fullness, and satisfaction. Not until I went and got my training as an intuitive eating counselor. So how do we practice in the context of the non-diet approach? Well, we help people, first of all, recover from not knowing how to eat. Because the individual in Western society right now are not taught how to eat and hungerfulness and satisfaction. So you know what? we got to go back to basics. So if you're a health coach, a nutritionist, and a registered dietitian, I have a free webinar on that on my website. It's called Five Steps to Teach Nutrition Without Co-opting Diet Culture. So you can go. It's totally free. It's an hour and so, an hour long webinar. And I teach you exactly how to do that. So if you go to our website, stephaniedoda.com slash professional, and you'll see there, there's right now, I think there's two free webinar there. And this is going to be specific for health coaches, but <laughs> this is something that I kind of clued in about a year ago. Who created your health coaching certification? I won't name names here because that's not like, I don't want to shame certain health coaching certification, but there's more and more health coaching certification that are created by brand product that live off directly out of restricting people's food or have food lines, food product, food books, right? There's more and more of that food gurus coming out with their health coaching certification that support their product their books or their line of thinking. So really ask yourself, who created my health coaching certification? And is that an organization that profits from intense diet culture and fat phobia? Because if that's the case, guaranteed, you're promoting diet culture. There's just no other ways because that's how you were taught. Let's talk about psychology, psychotherapy, therapists, all the field of mind support work. We currently have in our cohort, cohort three, two therapists. And like I said, we have a social worker, which I'm very excited to work with a social worker in the next cohort. But psychologists 
psychotherapy are people that are ethically responsible for creating a non-judgmental environment in their practice. However, if in their personal belief system, they don't see weight stigma as being a judgment, but they rather they see it as a fact, just like I was, then they believe it's it's not judgmental. It's just a fact that everybody should try to be thinner. So when patients will come to them with presentation of symptoms that are anxiety or stress, that are people in larger body, if they haven't done their own work of cleaning up their belief system, they won't see these presentations as problematic, right? They will, in some cases, support the individual in attempting to shrink their body, right? A great example of that is treatment or diagnoses of anorexia nervosa. In many cases, practitioners were taught that only individual in thin body can present with anorexia, which is absolutely false. But if you were taught that because Again, your school was part of a fat phobic diet culture environment that people that have anorexia cannot be in large body. That just means that they're out of control and undisciplined. Then you will replicate that in your therapeutic environment. And then let's think about therapists who themselves are afraid of fatness or are internalizing fat phobia. How can they support an individual who wants to accept their own body. It's an impossibility, right? It's impossible if you're holding a fear of something to help another individual not be afraid of that thing because your reality is based on that being something that is terrible for you, right? So doing, quote, your own work is essential. Okay, let's talk about fitness professional, uh, any professional that works with the structural body, personal trainer, phys ed, physical therapist, chiropractor, all that line of work, right? These individuals have been trained, I've been raised in diet culture like the rest of us, and then I've been trained in a cultural environment where absolutely physical weight on the body creates stress on the body. And then they should be teaching their client to reduce the weight on their body by using their body. This is very relevant for personal trainer or fitness professional. I mean, the entire industry of fitness was born after World War II with the diet industry, right? It was It's an industry that is only present, the fitness industry, not the phys ed recovery, but fitness professional to support smaller body or to support people getting a smaller body. Now, don't take me wrong. There's a ton of benefit of moving our body and we need fitness professional to help people how to move their body. But we have to remind ourselves the honest truth that the industry was born out of the diet industry and the need for smaller body. 
So if you are an individual that's in that industry, you have a huge factor of weight stigma in your practice. In fact, I was talking with a personal trainer that joined our program, and she was sharing with me that they did a study. She works for a gym, um, a very popular brand of gyms. And they did a study and the primary driver of people walking into the gym and buying a membership and buying personal training is weight loss by a whopping 85%. of people in gyms are there to either shrink their body or control their body. So how does the non-diet approach look like for these folks? Well, it's about not making moving our body or even treating our body about the weight, but about the function of the body. Prime example of that is knee pain, right? Knee pain is not caused by the fat layer of tissue on the body, but the inability of the bone structure to handle the weight. If we increase the musculature, the strength of the tendon, of the joint, then the body is equipped to support the weight structure. That's how the non-diet approach comes in. Plus, if you're a personal trainer, specifically, your client will want quote, nutrition advice from you, right? So the non-diet approach comes into play in that as well. Let's talk about social work, right? Pretty much everything that I said about therapy or psychotherapy comes into play that, plus the social structural environment of our society, how to navigate the different social structure, support structure, for an individual in a larger body, right? Understanding and coaching these individuals to navigate this structure. I can just think of one basic element that should be taught in all social work, which is the social determinant of health, right? When we look at what determines health, a vast majority, I want to say, don't quote me on this, but 70 plus percent of what determines an individual's health is actually has nothing to do with the individual's behavior. And I'll link in the show notes, um, the uh, research on that for all the social worker to go and check, but it has to do with the social structure of our society. Individual behavior is less than 30% of an individual health. So how do we help individual navigate that structure? Here's another one that I often get. As a matter of fact, I have an email from a yoga teacher I need to answer here in my inbox. But yoga teacher has a huge role to play in that as well, because what was once a spiritual experience has now become a fitness experience for most people when they come to yoga, right? They come to yoga, unfortunately, to shrink or maintain their body. So the conversation of the yoga teacher is essential in nurturing a non-diet environment in their studio. Plus, let's think about the image of yoga today. Like we have to be honest, what we see of yoga in culture is white, thin women. What are we telling people when all we have in our yoga studio is white, thin women? 
And that the only way for a quote large body person like me to see representation is online yoga teaching because there's no freaking studio out there that has people in my body type teaching a yoga class. And then when I attend a yoga class, all I could hear about is restricting food because that's the culture of yoga now. We need to dismantle that. The way to do that is for the practitioner to learn the non-diet approach, both from a place of food so they can have this narrative during the class, but also to be able to customize class for all body types. How many yoga teachers know how to adapt a pose for a person in a larger body? Not many. Let's talk about medical doctor and naturopathic doctor. It's not so much the coaching of the behavior for those folks, but the diagnosis and treatment plan, right? Adopting a weight neutral approach to health in their diagnosis and treatment plan. And I'm thinking here specifically um, for a naturopathic doctor who thought that that's what they were taught in school, but it's not. Because what they, what naturopathic doctors are taught in school is to restrict food, right? They're taught to tell their patient about good and bad food. Not just, not necessarily restrict the quantity, but put them on a gluten-free diet and on a dairy-free diet and on a AIP diet. This is as damaging to your patient as the medical doctor who puts a cl- uh, patients on a 1,200-calorie diet. It's the same thing. The damage is done on both ends. You may not, as an ND, you may not weigh your patients, but you will tell them that the solution to their inflammation is to lose weight. Same damage. The scale is just not present. Plus, there's, unfortunately, more and more NDs that run weight loss program. Let's talk about nurses. It's funny because I had a an interview with a registered nurse uh, for a program, and she was sharing with me how Canadian Association of Nurses, their major focus for the next 10 years is health coaching. She went to a conference for nurses, and it was overwhelmingly present that the reason why nursing exists in the first place, which is coaching people into health-promoting behavior and educating people in health-promoting behavior is gone in the wayside. So that was the declaration at this conference that health coaching will become more and more present. She was telling me actually in Ontario, Canada, there'll actually be a health coaching program that they'll put nurses through so they can go out into the world and do health coaching as nurses. And then plus vast majority of nurse are women, right? And as a woman in Western society, we have been the target of diet culture. So just like her and most nurses internalize weight stigma was present for her and it's present for most nurses. And they've been through a journey of attempting to shrink their body. And by the time they hit 40, just like the average client 
in my practice, they realize it doesn't work. So like, okay, so now what? That's where the non-diet approach comes in. First of all, as a nurse to do your own work. And then two, how do we help client heal their relationship to food, teach them about hunger, fullness, and satisfaction so that they can eat from a place of health, not because they have to, but because they want to. One more area that I want to talk about, which is the beauty industry. Um, We have a skin therapist in our program right now, and it's fascinating for me to start digging into this industry because they are trained, little did I know, on how to provide food advice to their clients. And guess what? 100% diet culture based, right? Like one of the, as a skin therapist, one of the thing that they're trained on is that dairy is the most terrible thing for skin. So they're pretty much told to put all of their client on a dairy-free diet. And then all the other healthism comes into play, right? Dairy-free and processed food and then sugar. And then they end up being just another health professional going out there and teaching people to fear food. So how does the non-diet approach shows up for them? A huge part actually has nothing to do with food, has to do with body image. Do you know how profound of a work it is for a beauty advisor to do their own journey towards their body image? That has nothing to do with weight, by the way, has to do with their skin, right? The appearance of their skin, because their entire industry is based on wanting, I think they say clear skin, right? I think that's the narrative in this industry. So what if we just accepted our skin for what it is? Just like people in larger body, we're coaching them to accept their body for what it is. Imagine the profound work here. That's how we do the non-diet approach in that sector of health. And I'm sure I'm missing profession here. And I would love to hear from you if you are a health professional who practice the non-diet approach and I haven't talked about your profession, please reach out to me either via email or social media and let me know. But if this is calling your name, this is what we do in the non-diet mentorship program. We help health professional adapt, transition, or build a practice around the non-diet principle within their own sphere of work. This is our non-diet mentorship program is a high touch program, hands on from me working with you with my team. And our number one goal in this program for the first three months is for you to do your own journey of unlearning diet culture in your own individual life. So you can help other people from a place of embodiment, because you live your life like this. And then you can teach from that perspective, not because it's a principle on a piece of paper, but because that's how you live your own life. And then we're teaching you also how to coach and teach and the science behind it so you can adapt it to your own practice. One of the cool thing about our program is that when you do the first three months of your own journey to intuitive eating and body neutrality and mindset, you get to watch me deliver my program because I put you through my client program. So for all of you who have no idea how to deliver this, you get to watch me do it. You get to do all the exercise, all the worksheet that my client do. 
you get those and you get to do them. And then you pick and choose what fits into your practice. And then I also teach you the advanced notions so you can adapt this to your practice and to the different individual in your practice because you need to see beyond yourself. You need to see how the general population um, go through this process. And then three, the third step of this, the non-dat mentorship program is to build a business, right? Because most of us that practice a non-dat approach are in private practice, um, so we build a strategy, a client profile, marketing strategy, and then a program for you to go out into the world and deliver this message. Our next cohort, if you're listening in time, starts on July 1st, 2021. And if you're listening at a later date, go to our website and then you will be able or link in the show note here, you'll be able to see when the next cohort is. If that calls your name. I'd love to see you on the other side. I love you, my dear sister colleague, and I'll see you on the next episode.